You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. And I'm your host, Coach Ben. I'm not here with small arm, big ass knees. Uh, if you are new to the podcast, The Benchcast, Big Benches is your one-stop resource, everything benching. Benching is our business. I'm Coach Ben. Uh, I've been able to work up to an 820-pound multiply bench in my career. Uh, I, in 2017, I had a top five bench at 198 at 590 pounds. Uh, I'm primarily a multiply lifter. Uh, and then my co-host is usually here with me. Big ass knees. Uh, he's a training enthusiast and an overall smart, smart guy on a lot of subjects. He's not with us today, but we are filming the podcast today on Bad Session Blues. That's the name of today's podcast, the Bad Session Blues. How progress isn't always linear. And this was a topic um, that's kind of been on my mind uh, as of late, uh, primarily because of a bad session that I had the other day and I was like wow this is a great opportunity to put a post out there and um, you know reassure lifters that this isn't always an easy thing to do lifting getting stronger you know it's it's something that's frustrating can take time um, and there's a I see it time and time again lifters fall off the wagon get frustrated leave the sport altogether which is really a shame because um, I've seen lifters with a lot of potentials fall off the wagon and uh, you know never to be seen again uh, just because they gotten frustrated they weren't making progress for some amount of time um, you know when some lifters can get stuck for years and finally break out of that pl- plateau and go on to great success so just because you're in a rut now doesn't mean that you can't break out of that and get to a place you want to be at. So I thought this was a great opportunity as something that popped up in my training the other day. So if you follow me on my personal Instagram, where if, if you're interested in seeing my lifting, you can follow me at Bench and Benny. All right, that's my personal Instagram, Bench and Benny. Um, you can see my lifting there, but you can see that post that I made about two days ago, all right, um, so check that out, guys, that's pretty much what uh, this podcast is on, is, is that bad session blues, and not that it was a bad session, my session actually went pretty good, but if you were to compare it to a session three years ago, for example, um, you know, I was actually doing more three years ago, but I'm in a very different place than I was three years ago in terms of my competition lifts, so just because you're not necessarily at your strongest now doesn't mean that you're not making progress and whatnot. So uh, I'm going to touch on that in just a second, kick off this podcast. But I do have an offer, especially for our first-time listeners. But anyone who wants to um, reach out to me, shoot me a message, just say, hey, love the podcast. Um, you know, love listening to it, uh, sharing it with my friends, hopefully leaving a five-star review. That helps out a ton, whatever you're listening to. Um just shoot me a message, and I have a great PDF for you, our top 20 bench cues. Uh, now, this isn't a quick thrown-together thing. You know, we, we've had to 
put a lot of we had a whole picture session just to to go with this uh everything is fully illustrated all the top bench cues you need to hear right now to change the game so guys if you want this podcast i'll give it to you free just dm me uh let me know what's up if you're listening to this podcast you can email me at coachbenbigbenches.com all right and um i will send this to you for free all right, guys, so that session I was talking about a couple days ago, so I did a feet-up bench session, all right, working a little bit heavier. Uh, it's just one of those sessions. I'm in off-season training now, so nothing's designated as, like, a heavy day, but I felt the need to go heavy that day. I, I felt it was time. I felt really good. I was really energized. I was ready to attack the session. Um, I want to take advantage of an opportunity like that. So I decided to push the weight a bit, and um, what I ended up with was 355 for three raw feet up all right and now my feet up isn't so strict it's definitely not to the level that i like to coach the feet up Uh, i cheat a little bit but um it was still for me i'm consistent with what i do with it and that's the important thing i'll push off the bench a little bit and i'll do some of those things that i try to get my lifters not to do um and I got to do a better job of that. Larson pressing. If you put your feet off the pad, that avoids any cheating. You can get pushing with the pad. But I'm doing this feet up bench session, right? And to, to put that in perspective for you, all right, 2017, 2016, 2017, somewhere around there, I did 345 for five feet up benching raw. My best bench at the time was 410 pounds raw, nearest that, that period of time, but three years ago, three, four years ago. Uh, and I had a 705-pound multiply bench around that time. Um, around now, when I hit this 355 for three, now this doesn't even project me higher than what that 345 for five did. I'm heavier. I'm a little bit heavier. Um, you know, it's a, it's a lower projection. You know, granted, it's just a different period in time. There's a lot of variables that go into it, but I, it, it didn't project me stronger than I was three years ago. Someone may look at that and and be frustrated. From the lack of progress, um, it's not. I wouldn't even say it's lack. I hate to say that it's lack of progress. It's just it's a different time in, in a period of a training cycle, a different um, different training environments, it's different training equipment. But the numbers, if you're just looking strictly at the numbers, it wasn't as strong as it was three years ago. For someone that might get to you, all right. But what I've learned coming up in this sport is that you got to disassociate yourself with the numbers. So again, for example, um, that bench I did the other day, right now, 440 is my uh, nearest raw max. I did that at a meet this past summer. So we're looking, I mean, almost the year now, um, but nearest this time, 440 I can reference. And then 820 is my best multiply bench around this time. That would be in September. So um, those are the lifts I can reference around this period of time in terms of strength. Now those numbers, that's 115 pounds of a increase from when I was three or four years ago. The raw bench, that's a 25 pound increase from three to four years ago. All right, so just because the feet up bench didn't increase in that period of time, um, you know those other lifts are still progressing greatly. So. I took it as an opportunity. Hey, this would be a great post. So I put this up my Instagram, my personal Instagram, at Bench and Benny. And I was talking a little bit about this. 
All right. And where I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be frustrated with this. I was very, very happy that I did that this period of time. You know, I've only been training frequently for three weeks since coming off the last meet, which went really well. First multiply full power meet in about two and a half years. And um, I was really, really happy that the strength was at that point that it was. But you can see how I would have probably gotten into a bad mental space if I tried to compare it to what I've done successfully at my i guess all-time best in that one variation um but the important message here guys is you have to disassociate yourself from numbers sometime i know powerlifting is a number sport that's what makes it great that's why we love it it's a number sport uh there's one clear winner by how much did this person lift it's not subjective it's not bodybuilding where you're relying on someone to make that call they have good looking quads they got a lat sweep and all that stuff um it's not subjective it's you lift the weight or you don't power lifting's a numbers game all right um so i totally get being associated with numbers but we can get ourselves in trouble doing that too sometimes you have to disassociate from the numbers. And what I tell my athletes is don't worry about the numbers until you're about six to eight weeks from a meet. That's when the numbers matter. You know, we're going into a meet. It would be ignorant for me to say numbers don't matter at that time. Numbers matter. We're trying to PR. We're trying to do our best at a meet or why are we doing it? You know, so we're always trying to better ourselves at each meet. However, um, when you're not in that thick of meat prep, you need to disassociate yourself from the numbers. Because if you're always worried about the numbers, I'm going to tell you, you're going to have some really bad sessions. All right. Quote, this is the title of the today's podcast, Bad Session Blues. You're going to have a bad case of the bad session blues. And uh, if you're someone that's susceptible to feeling frustrated mentally, um, if you really let that stuff get to you and eat at you, then you're going to snowball with the wrong type of momentum. All right, so um, really important to keep in mind, guys, when you're coming off a meet or you're starting a new training cycle, especially at that time, don't focus on the numbers you're lifting, Lift what you can. You know, you really want to auto-regulate that training. You want to work at a low-level RPE. And I know a lot of lifters don't like to uh, train with RPE. Um, whether you want to call it RPE, RIR, whatever you want to call it, it's auto-regulation. You know, you are picking the weight for the day based on how things are moving or feeling. All right, that's simply what you're doing. That's a smart way to approach it in that off-season phase. All right, don't worry about numbers. Uh, getting into percentage-based lifting sometimes, unless you're good with making adjustments on the fly, can get you into some trouble. All right, because if you program 85% that day and you don't hit it, and you're frustrated that you end up at 75, and you're constantly frustrated that you're never hitting what you have planned, that's a problem. That's a problem. It doesn't mean you're weaker. That just means that um, you know, for whatever reason, maybe you set your training max too high. That's something that lifters commonly do. Don't go off your, your absolute best. Take some poundage off that. All right, so if you bench 300 pounds, use your training max as like 285. That's going to yield much more success for you, especially if you're using percentage-based lifting. Um, if you want to auto-regulate, great. Then you don't have to worry about a thing. 
All right, you're just going on how you feel. So the other day, in that example I guys I gave you guys, that feet up bench, uh, I just felt like the day was there to go heavy. Um, I just felt really good. I did a great warm up. I had some extra time, and I just felt good to go. Um, so that's what I did. I went a little bit heavier. If it was a day I was feeling a little bit beat up, you know, maybe I was rushing the workout. I didn't have time to really do a full warm up. I'm not going to bench that heavier weight, but I'm going to be okay with it. All right, I'm going to be okay with it. And even when you have certain rep maxes maybe planned into a session or a training plan, doesn't mean you always have to constantly see a PR. You know, if you are always, especially conjugate style training, that's something I found when I was doing some conjugate style training back in the day. That's great because you do see the progressions, but if you're not mentally strong and you get upset easily, it's not the training program for you. You have to be okay with not seeing success every single time. And some lifters struggle with that. All right, so you have to either adjust your headspace or train a little bit differently. Um, and that's why having a great coach is very important as well. I should mention that. Uh, a good coach is going to be able to recognize what type of personality their lifter is. Okay, Is their lifter someone who's going to be affected by missing a session? Should the program be written a little bit differently so it builds them more momentum mentally? Are they a lifter that doesn't want to see the weight at all? Some lifters prefer not to know anything about what they're lifting. Um, some lifters want to auto-regulate everything. Some lifters want percentages in there. Um, they need that that number looking at them in the face to have a good session. A good coach is going to recognize all that. Everyone has not only different strength levels and needs in terms of exercise selection, but everyone also has a different training personality. And that's really important to recognize. Um, so if you're making your own programs and, and this and that, um, you have to know your own personality type too and what you're going to respond best to. But that's what a good coach will do for you. They will uh, recognize that you're this unique personality here. If, if you're going to miss a lift that's set there, you're going to be really beat up over it. Um, and that can easily snowball you in the wrong direction. Okay, so um, – got to analyze what kind of person are you can you mentally take a bad session and move on forget about it not let not dwell on that and that's hard to do it's hard to do and some people don't do that well it doesn't make them a bad lifter doesn't make them mentally weak it's just their personality all right they're they're obsessive over those bad sessions and i would argue that's a good thing you know those that i know who get really obsessive over bad sessions those are the ones who are most likely to make progress because they want to know how to get better so it doesn't happen again. Um, same with good athletes. When you lose a game, good athletes, that really bothers them. They find a way in practice, in film review, whatever, they find a way to correct that so it doesn't happen again. That losing puts a bad taste in their mouth and they don't want to ever taste that again. So... That's also what makes a great athlete. So I'm not talking down on people who get a little bit obsessive over a bad session. Uh, you just got to know your personality type and adjust your program accordingly. All right. I'll give you another example. And feel free, guys, if you're listening here live, if you're watching live on Instagram and or our Facebook page, why don't you go ahead and post down below 
All right. So I'm not always I'm not taking questions right now, but I, I want to um, get your feedback on if you if you had a bad session, what was that bad session and how did you move on from that or keep a good mental headspace? All right. Interested to hear some of your guys' example. All right. I have another example before we take any um, comments here. My last shirted session going into my last meet. That session went absolutely horrible. I knew I was kind of burning the candle hot a bit. I, I knew I was coming into this meet. Uh, I was doing more training than I had before, which I thought was a really good thing. Um, you know, I'm working with a coach myself, and his plan was, was different than what I've done in the past. And it's, it's what I needed. It's what I needed. I needed to push myself more, and that's what I did. Uh, but I knew that bench session coming in was going to be a little bit tricky. And um, it ended up not being a great session at all. Uh, it's just I was beat up in my elbow. And that shirt session, I had to stop altogether. That was like an opener, um, something heavier to a one board. And I didn't even get to the opener. So to put that in light for you, some people might get really upset with that they might freak out they might be like oh shit i'm not even getting my opener i'm two weeks out from the meet uh but i understood at that point in time i was just fatigued um you know i was getting a lot of nerve pain in my arm just from the amount of squat and things i was doing and the training uh, and it just kind of caught up to me uh, and i was doing a lot of bench sessions in a row so um I understood that it was just that that was I summed it up as that I got my recovery degraded the meat all right but that was a, a um, session that went really bad and guys you're gonna have a lot of bad sessions but the thing is if you dwell on the bad sessions that's gonna put you in a really bad mental space going forward in your training and or your upcoming meet what I do before my meets, a little mental trick here. So Instagram pretty much works now as a log for lifters. You see lifters posting all their training videos. I do myself, especially peeking for a meet, lifting those big lifts. And before the meet, I go through that, that, that log essentially. Go through the Instagram. And usually I don't post things that went horribly um, so it's usually a nice highlight reel. All right. So you look back on your Instagram, it's usually a nice highlight reel. If you're someone that doesn't usually post the negative things. Um, if so, go in there, find those lifts that went really well, watch those before your meet. That will instill into you confidence. When you look through all those lifts that went well and you reflect on those days, Man, that squat went really well that day. I crushed it. Or, man, if I could only feel like I felt when I hit this bench, I felt so strong. Those are the types of feelings you want to bring up right before me. So that's a little trick that I do night before me. I'll sit there through my Instagram and watch those big lifts that went really good. Um, and that helps instill confidence. And I tell you, it's tough sometimes to uh, you know, stay confident and stay 
in a good headspace before me. I get really nervous. I don't know about you guys, but I'm open and honest. I get super nervous before me. Uh, before this last meet, my heart was beating. And it's more just the anticipation. You got to realize it's not just because it, it's not that you think you're going to do bad. It's just the anticipation of the event. I just want to be in it, doing it. Um, once I get to the venue, I'm good. I'm in my element. I'm there. Once I hit the bar, game on. But beforehand, the waiting, the waiting is brutal. Um, you know, like that night, my heart's going. I can't, I don't even know how much hours I slept. That It was not much um, before that last meet. I did not sleep much. Uh, I was just anxious to get into it. But uh, yeah, a little trick for you guys. All right. Uh, so I'm going to take, uh, we got one comment here. G5 underscore H. CS find it hard to rebound from expectations of a planned press session. Um, yeah, so I definitely understand what you mean, my friend. Um, so it's tough sometimes as a coach when I give my lifters a certain weight that I, I want them to get around, which is how the majority of meat prep goes. Right, meat prep can be a tough time because there's a lot of numbers being thrown around. You know, it's, that's that's really the time when I'm concerned about the numbers, right? The last six to eight weeks. I'm putting a lot of numbers out there for my athletes to hit. Usually, they're going to hit them all successfully. But I know, I know there's going to be a few in there that probably aren't going to go good. It's to be expected. That's lifting. You're going to have bad sessions. You're going to have horrible meets that just go to complete shit. And it's tough. They're tough, but we all go through them. Um, but I understand when you see in your program, I, I want to be and I should be at this number, and then you don't necessarily hit that number, you start putting thoughts together in your head. What's going wrong? Is the, the plan not working right? Uh, am I doing something wrong? Um, how can I recourse this so I get where I need to be for this meet? And um, you can get a lot of thoughts swirling around in your head. And those are the types of things you want to avoid. So it comes down to, again, knowing what type of personality you are. Maybe you want to do a lot more auto-regulation going up into a meet. And as a coach, that's sometimes where I will be like, we want to hit within this range. You know, I'll give more of a range because um, if you fall into that range, that's successful. So even if it's not at the top of the range, you know, even if it's a little less, that's a successful day. All right. Uh, it's just a small scratch. Had a bad squat session for prep three weeks ago. Felt horrible in the warm up. Missed my first lift. I knew it was in my head. So I called it off and went home. Came back the next day and killed it. That's awesome, my friend. Glad to hear that. Um, yeah, totally understand that one, too. Sometimes, just for whatever reason, the day is off. And a lot of lifters have a hard time putting that in perspective, too, because. Maybe Monday's bench day. Monday's bench day, got a bench on Monday. Uh, maybe they don't have that opportunity to change their schedule around much. But some days just don't go your way. Whether it's you didn't get much sleep that night, um, you were affected by that. You had a lot of stress at work or home. Um, you had, who knows, who knows, you, you didn't eat much that day. Um, your hydration levels were poor. I mean, you can go on and on. Um, maybe you're just tight that day. Maybe it's a combination of everything and, um, it's just not your day. And sometimes that's just being able to auto-regulate and change training days like that's all you need to do. But, um, 
it definitely that could be a trap for many lifters if they they go into that session it just goes horrible um you know they don't think to auto regulate that and, and switch days around it, it can be tough it can be tough um you know what i do tell lifters though at least on a minimum if it's a bad day if it's a bad day and you don't have the opportunity to switch around your training schedule or something like that at least get the the rest of the work done at the at the minimum so if the main session goes really bad at least get the accessories in because now you're compounding what's happening if you're not getting the accessory work in too um, so if you just throw it all out the window then you're missing that opportunity to get stronger through accessories too and you don't want to do that you want to keep building that volume keep building those positives um, unless you know it's, it's a serious type of injury related thing so like my last shirted session I'm, I'm not getting stronger two weeks out from the meet or whatever um it was just i was getting a ton of nerve pain down my arm i knew it was time to cut it uh doing anything extra was not going to serve to help me recover better so in a situation like that you know just cut it go home move on to the next one uh, so that was a great example there uh d wolf powerlifting hey coach ben what's up my friend um still taking comments guys if you want to if you're listening live watching live and you want to drop below a time when a session went really bad. Um, perhaps you overcame it and um, you know got back on the right track after. But pretty much talking about the bad session blues today on the podcast. All right. And, and how to not obsess over the numbers all the time. Um, so I'll give you another one. Uh, Nathan Stout 97 a quick question should you bench in a straight line uh, I coach to bench um, in a bar path that is going back so a lower touch point press back over the shoulders um, so I do not coach benching in a straight line I do coach um, like close grip work if you really want to try to prioritize and stress the triceps to a greater degree then I um, stress kind of keeping the bar path out in front of you a bit more uh, there's a great article by greg knuckles on bar path and benching if you search greg knuckles bar path benching um, you'll see that it's on google there um, stronger by science i believe posted that and uh, it's a great article i'm not this high-tech sciencey guy um, there's a lot of uh, great scientific studies and things referenced in that article and that's something that i will uh reference there it's a uh, great article in terms of of bar path on the bench press uh, St. Dennis Menace, hello big man, it's a good night, not to shit my spleen out if you're trying to press 900 pounds. What's up my friend? Uh, opinion on how many times a month I should get in my shirt. Um, so, for getting in your shirt, it depends on the person, I mean if you're sub 500 pound bencher, maybe you can get in at 3, if not all those weeks. Uh, you know, me, myself, I, I have a hard time doing more than 2 weeks in a row. Uh, I know that third week's not going to go optimally just because now I'm burning a candle hot. It's just too much stress on my body. Uh, so I have to have a break two weeks in a row. And usually that second session doesn't always go great. So uh, it really depends there on your personal recovery and what you're benching. Um, yeah, so guys, I'll give you another example here. We're talking bad session blues. So um, guys, again, post in the comments a session that went bad, how you overcame that, how you got into a better mental space. All right, uh, so so deadlifting. Deadlifting for me is a wild whirlwind of emotions. Uh, so in the past, when I wasn't as consistent with my technique, 
Um, that's something to keep in mind, guys. When you have big discrepancies, when you go into train and one day it's really shitty, one day it's great, and, and it could be anywhere in between, usually there's something that's missing technically. And you need to find out what's that cue, what's that thing that you're missing, um, that sometimes you're hitting it, sometimes you're not. And it's making that big of a gap difference. All right, so if, if you're all over the place and whether you have good or bad sessions, Nine times out of ten, it's because there's a little technical cue or piece missing there that you're executing well sometimes, sometimes you're not, and you're not sure how to replicate it. So I finally found a place where I've gotten into a steady stream here with consistency on the deadlift where, you know, I, the strength I'm at, it's not going to deviate too much anymore. It's I, I know what I'm able to hit majority of the time because um, I was able to fix up some technical components. But deadlifts have always been a whirlwind for me. It's been a, it's a tough lift for me. And now that it's actually feeling great, going up into the last meet, deadlifts were going great. Um, I felt good to execute in a low 600 deadlift. I could not hang on to 585 though. Uh, you know, it's embarrassing for me to even say uh, I couldn't even hang on to the 585. Uh, my grip strength is not great. That's a that's a weak link. Um, and that's something that I'm currently working through as well now. But I mean, even imagine that you're going for a big deadlift session and you feel so strong. like You feel like you can accomplish this big number and your grip just keeps slipping. I've been there numerous times. Keep try right around that 600 mark. Every time I'm trying to pull 600, it's there. It's there. I want that lift, and it slips right out of my hands. All right, every single time. That's tough. Um, it's easy to get frustrated at that. But get into a good headspace. Identify what's your weak points. You know, Put yourself in a place of focusing on the positives you learned, how to overcome that. Um, don't put yourself in the negatives. All right, always view sessions in a positive light. So when sessions don't go good, um, you know, there was, there was a good thing. I remember playing um, Little League Ball and our coach that day, he was referencing a Derek Jeter book. And, you know, Derek Jeter, one of the best baseball players of all time. And, um, he was referencing in his book, he said he he had some really bad games. And bad games, especially in sports, I mean, once, say you're a quarterback, you throw one interception, if you stay in a negative headspace and you dwell on that, you're going to throw a lot more that game. Um, you know, he's, he had some really bad games in his career, Derek Jeter, and in that book he references how in those bad scenarios when things go wrong and things aren't going right, just like in your training, when you're having a horrible training session, not to dwell on the things that went bad, but he always found a positive in every game. He always found a positive in every practice. Even if everything seemed like it was going against him, he would find one positive. And that's something you could do in your training. You know, when you have a bad session, it might spiral out of control. It might be every session um, has been feeling like shit for a while. But even in those bad sessions, find a positive. All right, and it may be hard to do, but you can find one. There's definitely one in there. Um, even if that's you were better now than you were two years ago. You know, I mean, that's a positive. I, I posted in uh, on my personal account, we were talking about this at Bench and Benny, that post I made um, in relation to that feed up bench example I gave you guys at the beginning of the podcast. Um, I posted this picture. Progress uh, isn't always linear. So it's it's a picture of a straight arrow going up. Okay, and it says what what people think training looks like, uh, just constant progress, what people are expecting, constant progress, uh, what training really looks like. And it's that giant ass squiggle of a line going everywhere, but 
important thing that it's trending up. All right. It's going up. It's just taking a different course. Okay. Same end result. A lot of up and downs. Different roads. Okay. So that's going to be training. You're going to have some really bad sessions. You're going to have some really bad meets. But as long as you can look back, I always say that three-year window. Look back three years ago. All right. Are you in a better place now? Okay. If you're looking back three years ago and you're not any much better than what you were three years ago, then something's probably wrong uh, unless you're really at the higher levels. But um, look at a three-year window. Most lifters are going to benefit highly from that three-year window. Okay, the majority of just your average lifter who's not in the top 10 pushing for all these monster records, look at the average lifter, three-year window. Are you making, How much progress have you made in the last three years? If it's not much, something needs to change. If you've made progress, awesome. You're going to experience more up and downs. Just keep going with it. Okay, it, lifting's time. It takes time, patience, effort. All right, three key words there. It's just, it's something that um, is the ultimate test of patience. Lifting's the ultimate test of patience. Um, there's no quick cuts. No matter what you think, no quick cuts there. Um, and I want to reference one of my favorite pictures. One of my favorite pictures right now is this miner digging for gold. You might have seen this picture, it's very popular. Um, so this miner is in a cave or whatever, right, in the, in the mines, and he's digging. He's chipping away, going for the gold, right? And the picture has him chipping away, big tunnel. He's probably covered all this ground. He's probably been chipping forever, still hasn't found gold. But right behind that wall, that next chip, there's gold. There's a huge pile of gold. He's right there. He's right there. And he's probably been chipping and chipping and chipping. He's probably like, what the heck? Where's my gold? But it's right there. On the other side, he's just one chip away. All right, and that's training. That's training. That's um, this summer. This summer for me, uh, in five months, I put ninety pounds on my bench. I kept chipping away. I was I was around that low seven hundred mark, up and down that point for a while, um, but I was that one chip away. That one training exercise. That one technical cue. I was one of those away. From that poundage of gain. 90 pound gain was sitting there waiting for me. Because my weak point was holding me back that much. I addressed that. One more chip. There it was. 90 pound gain. When had excellent meat. Alright guys. So keep that in mind. No matter how stalled out you've been. How frustrated you are. You're one chip away. One chip away. One exercise away. One technical cue away. So you got to keep going. Keep forging ahead. All right, it's right on the other side. Don't let bad sessions get you down. All right, even if you weren't able to do 50 plus pounds, what your expectation was, doesn't mean you're 50 something pounds uh, weaker. Doesn't mean that. All right, you're just missing that one thing. You're missing that one thing. Okay, so I think that sums it up. Bad session blues. Progress isn't linear. Don't associate so much with numbers. 
numbers are great. The sport is great because we have these numbers. It's not subjective. You either hit it or you don't. However, that can get you in a really difficult headspace. I've seen a lot of lifters, like I said, um, you know, demotivate themselves and fall out of the sport altogether because of that. Don't let that be you. Keep forging ahead. Keep digging for gold. All right, guys. That's all I got for you today. I think that's a good place to end it. Um, before we leave, if you're interested in getting involved, um, you have probably, by the time this comes out, if you're listening to this podcast right now, by the time this comes out, you have to, once you finish listening to this, you got to go um, and sign up for that that bench cues, or I'm sorry, the ultimate bench drills bench course. That's a free course. Sign up is available until midnight on January 18th, so you don't have much time. Um, if you're listening to this, you want to go bigbenches.com, sign up on the homepage. I'm going to put up the ultimate uh, bench drills course. All right, and what we're doing is over the five days, each day is going to be a new top bench drill that I love to use with our with our athletes that I use myself that is going to get your, your bench moving in the right direction. It's going to accomplish something technically for you that's going to take your lift to the next next stage. All right, so... Make sure you sign up for that. Uh, if you'd like to get coaching critiques by myself, if you'd like to join our team, a, a great low-cost option to do so is our VIP membership where you'll get a lifetime discount as well to bigbenches.com. We have free program templates available for our VIP members. And if you want to do our flagship bench press online course, becoming a VIP member also saves you 50% off that course. Um, so that course is $99 with VIP membership. If you're a member, you can get that for 50 or um, you can do it in installments of 33 But that's our flagship bench press course, over 40-plus videos, six modules on bench press technique, and it comes with a six-week program. So make sure you check that out, guys. That's on our website, bigbenches.com. Plenty of ways, um, no matter what you're looking to do, whatever your investment point is, um, is for as less as $10, you can get involved with our team and get help. Um, for meeting us headway, $100, you could get involved with our flagship bench press online course and receive a program with that. If you want to get even more personal and join our one-on-one program, you can do so there as well. Um, just click... Um, Click to bigbench.com, go to our coaching page, and it'll take you to where you can uh, reach out to me on that. All right, guys. So thanks for listening. Appreciate everyone tuning in. This has been the Benchcast.